Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It seems like all we've talked about is the bloody quarterback ever since we, well, transition from sportscaster to youtube to our own podcast well one thing that we do kind of talk about a lot is that the patriots have a much bigger need than just quarterback yes it's the most important position in sports but i think patrick mahomes proved that just having a good quarterback even a great quarterback is not good enough to win a super bowl you need to fill in all the holes luckily There's a lot of free agents available. There's a good draft coming up. But today we're going to focus on those veteran free agents available. Mike DeSalle, thepatriots.com. Well, he ranked the 25 best external free agents for the Patriots this year. We want to know what you got to say. We're going to go through it. It's your boy, Ray. I'm with my boy, Connor. We're with our girl, Sarah. Welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast. And we're back. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Ray, here. And I've I've already done the introductions. I don't know where I am. Just want to remind (laughs) everybody to check out our Patreon account over at patreon.com slash DPN Sports. I was on there today talking about the Patriots offensive line of all things. It was a request from a member of the Dear Pats Nation Loyalty Club. Only five bucks a month. No tears, no nothing. Just five bucks. You'll get exclusive content. And this Saturday, I will be live on a Patreon exclusive live stream. The link will be posted there at 7 p.m. And I'm going to be going live taking questions from the Patreon members. Patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Connor, Sarah, how's it going? Good, good. What's going on, everybody? Good. I had a question, actually. Let's see um, it. So I did Boston Balling on Tuesday. Is that going to be out on on Saturday? On our channel, by chance? Yes, Pop- it'll be on Saturday. It will. Okay, well, nice. then check that out, guys. I had a lot of fun with Gabby. Now, if anyone wants to hear me talking about the Celtics, that's the one to, talk, to watch, because I think I talked about the Celtics for like 40 minutes. So, um, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that was on Saturday. So that's exciting. All right. We also, uh, we launched our new merch store today. Yes, sir. And mm-hmm. Ross already went out and bought up half the store. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Shout out, Ross. <laughs> here's uh, here's really quickly some of the uh, selection you could get over at the DPN merch store. You guys asked for it, so it's arrived. The Dear Pats Nation merch shop is now open and live. Show some love for the podcast by going over to teesprings.com slash store slash DPN and get your hands on the newest Dear Pats Nation merchandise. Yeah, buddy. Came out dope. Everyone go (laughs) check that out. 
Yeah, I, th- I thought some of them came out really, really nice. I was, I, yep. was, I was happy with how some of them went. And we're going to add more. I've already had requests for cups. I promise we're getting there. We just, this is the soft launch. It's the most selection I've ever offered on my, any of my merch stores. And we're going to be offering more and more and more. But guys, we're three minutes and 45 seconds in. We haven't even spoken about anything relatively interesting to the people here to watch <laughs> this live podcast. Let's get into it, man. So like I said, Mike, this all put out the 25 best external free agents for the Patriots from a fit perspective. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Three guys we have talked about. He listed. The Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he listed Jacoby Mm -hmm. Brissett, and he listed Jameis Winston. Now, let me tell you what he said about Jameis Winston, because we already know about Brissett. We already know about Fitzpatrick. He said that after a year spent making $1.1 million to be Drew Brees' backup, Winston hits the market again and should have increased attention, possibly finding himself an opportunity to compete for a starting job. He did lead the league in passing yards in 2019, but also through 30 interceptions, and that could be the biggest red flag for the Patriots, but they must seriously weigh any quarterback on the open market. Now, just yesterday I talked about how the Patriots were not enamored with any of the free agents, including their own Cam Newton, but in this right here, we are only talking about these free agents. What do you guys think of those three that the Salt listed? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think we've talked about all of them. I I know I always keep saying I put them all in similar categories where they're all kind of middling quarterbacks who I think could be a decent option to make the Patriots okay. The The issue is I think if they go with like one of those three guys, then that's going to essentially mean that they're going to somewhat try and go for it this season. But if they do that, I'd also like to see them draft a rookie because I don't see one of these three guys being the future of the franchise. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have much to add. If I had to choose one of the three, I would probably pick Jacoby. But I'm also interested to see what happens with Jameis because Mm -hmm. the Saints seem to like him. And then I don't know if you guys recall from the Saints game um, when Breeze was on the sideline, he said to Jameis, you could read his, his mouth. He was saying, this is your team now. So I just wonder if the Saints are going to actually want to let him go. They don't seem to really super believe in Taysom Hill. Um, so if he's actually a free agent, I don't know, but I mean, I wouldn't hate Jameis either, but I mean, the interception thing is a little scary. I mean, Drew Brees could have mouthed whatever he wanted. You know what I know? I know that when Drew Brees was, was out. Yeah. Taysom Hill played, not Jameis. Right. Mm-hmm. Very so true. It's kind of tough to say this is your team now when they didn't even trust you to come in and start a game. Mm. Right. Whereas last year, Teddy Bridgewater did start games. Right, and he did start games for the Saints when Drew Brees was out. So I don't know how much faith they had. I'm just looking at the chat here. Jay saying that Jacoby would be the best fit. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think that's coming from the familiarity with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. He does have, like the other two, uh, experience as a starter. Yep. What's your guys' thoughts on uh, on him coming back? I don't see Jacoby Myers. I mean, I'm saying Jacoby Myers. Uh, Brissett <laughs> be, be a real like really good uh, starter in the NFL. I think we saw what he was capable of with the Colts. And I think they went six and 10, seven and nine, whatever it was. Um, I I don't see him being a a top 10, top 15, even quarterback in the NFL. I think if they brought him back, he might be solid, but I think he probably lead them to another seven and nine season. Yeah. I like the familiarity, but I wouldn't say it's like upgrade. Like if the complaints that people have with cam and the season and whatever they're, they'll be a little different, but 
quite similar if we brought in Brissett as well. Big MGM is saying if the Saints want to let Drew run it back, which at this point seems more and more likely, I agree, because he still hasn't announced his retirement, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind getting Jameis. And Dominic says out of those three, Winston. Now, obviously, we're we're giving three options. I'm sure if Mm -hmm. we put other ones up, uh, there'd be different ones. Right. Uh, and then Big MGM says the Saints might be in a worse quarterback situation than us. Breeze out here uh, working out to get back, and the Saints fans slowly hating him. <laughs> yeah, um, that's tough because obviously Drew Breeze has been Drew Breeze for a long time, but we saw what happened at the end of last season. He looked absolutely awful in that NFC divisional round. Some of those interceptions he threw versus the Buccaneers, he just didn't look like the quarterback that he looked like four or five years ago. He looked like a shell of himself. Uh, I I don't know if Drew Brees still has it in him. Yeah. So my Patriots update, also known as Fasile, put out a big, long chat right at the beginning. Give me that after, buddy, because right now we're just talking quarterbacks. Um, I want to keep it on. Love Vibration Nation says, if Winston could be coached up uh, to get his ratio uh, to 30 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, I would take him. But uh, that is a huge if. Mm-hmm. And I always like to mention the LASIK surgery and how much that would actually improve possibly his uh, throwing and maybe not throwing as many interceptions if his eyesight's better. I don't know if that contributes, but I have terrible eyesight, so I feel like I could get mine fixed. It would be better, but it's hard to say because we haven't seen him play at all since he had the surgery. So yeah, I think it is a huge if, but if you can get him for cheap, I mean, his contract was about what they gave Cam, so I I would be fine with that. Right, yeah, and he was pretty good outside of those interceptions, although it's hard to say you're good when you throw 30 picks, but... Yeah. (laughs) McChicken is saying, Winston got paid to attend Sean Payton's quarterback camp. Sign him up. Uh, All right. I didn't really think about that. There's a lot of so there's a lot of people who are are on the Winston train here that would like to see the Patriots make this move for Jameis Winston. But we yep. have a couple of different suggestions here. Uh, Vigilante says trade for Bridgewater. What do you guys think? Now I've read a couple of different articles that say the Patriots should avoid trading for Teddy Bridgewater. What do you guys think about Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, he's not very high on my list. Uh, we, he was. It wasn't that he was really bad last season, but he he was okay. I look at him as another middling quarterback. Uh, I don't think he would be much better or much worse than Cam. Um, and didn't I, I, he have I, like a massive contract too? Like it was yeah, quite, he's, quite expensive. So if it's not an upgrade, I wouldn't pay that much for it. Right. Jay is saying trade for Jimmy G. And before you guys give your response, I did read a quote or from NFL rumors tweeted today mm-hmm. that the 49ers are very interested in quarterback Trey Lance per report. Mm-hmm. So could they be open to trading Jimmy Garoppolo to the Patriots if Bill Belichick came calling? Yeah, I mean, if that report's accurate and they're really looking into Trey Lance and they have an opportunity to take him, they think that's going to be the the quarterback for their future. I can't imagine they're going to keep Jimmy G. So they probably would try and trade him at that point, especially if they could get anything in return. Because if not, if they do draft Trey Lance and they can't get a trade partner, I would imagine they're going to cut him just from a financial standpoint. So it, it could be something that could work out for both parties if they do decide to take Lance. Does he have a no trade clause too in his contract? Do we know? I don't know. I have no idea. No, Jimmy. Jimmy. 
I was just oh, curious because it's just another situation of if he would even agree to go to New England. I mean, they oh, I, feel, I feel like he would. Jimmy Garoppolo, if- Jimmy Garoppolo is not in a position like the other quarterbacks that have been traded. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo's got to understand there's not a lot of teams outside of New England that would probably be interested in bringing him in as a starter. Right. Well, especially you know? after shipping him away and then they would want you back. I mean, I feel like that says a lot about how they feel about him. So, well, and I mean, they, like, yeah, I mean, I think, that, kinda, like, I, think that, I think that has a lot to say about the Patriots quarterback situation and about the fact that we're here discussing Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick or mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, who else or in Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, yeah. The fact that we're even considering Woof. those names is like, what, what has happened <laughs> in just yeah. a season? Yeah. It says Bridgewater equals statue. Mm. McChicken yeah. says Jameis like crab legs. New England is known for their seafood. That is true. That could be. I mean, we've talked about trying to make a, a pitch, a sales pitch. That could be the sales <laughs> pitch for him. And uh, my Patriots says that out of those three, Winston. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Ross says, thank you very much for the donation. Ross says, Shades, Whiskey, Rom, Seahawks, calls on Wilson. So, yes, what I've heard, what I read today, because Dov, his bot self, got the the algorithm wrong today. They are not actively trying to trade Russell Wilson, but they are accepting phone calls for him. Hmm. As I've already said, I'd give up four first round draft picks for Russell Wilson. If that's what it costs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. If that's what it takes, that would, that would be well worth it. I think I, I heard that too, though, today, someone said that to me at work. They asked me if I had heard that. Is it more of like a reaction from the Seahawks because of the rumor of of Wilson being unhappy there or like why why would they seem to possibly even want to part with Wilson cuz his 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 issues are legitimate in my opinion but I don't really know why the Seahawks would be even taking phone calls because the Seahawks are also getting to a situation too is how long are they going to be sustainably good right. that's one of the issues they got as well and if he's not happy and somebody I mean listen there's not many quarterbacks in the league. If somebody comes up to you and says, I'll give you four first round draft picks. Yeah. That you're going to say no to. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, listen, if you're at Tampa Bay, do you go one more year with Brady where you probably got a decent chance of winning a Super Bowl? But if somebody comes up to you and says, we'll give you four first round picks. Yeah. You got to take you, that. Are you not tempted to walk away from Brady? Right. Yeah. Right. At least mm-hmm. tempted. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, your best chance to win a Super Bowl is with Brady this year. Mm-hmm. But your team is slowly getting to that point where that window is closing. You know, this, is, this isn't this is football. It's baseball, but it works the same way. I was listening to uh, a podcast today, and the host or the guest on the podcast was um, Mark Shapiro, who's the, the president of the Toronto Blue Jays. And their goal with all these moves they made is to be good for the next five or six years. Mm-hmm. Right. Not the next 10 years, 15, 20 years. You know what I mean? They want to be good for the next five to six years. That's professional sports within a salary cap. Or mm-hmm. when you are a team like in baseball, like the Jays that stay within the salary cap. You can be, if you're like the Yankees or Red Sox and outspend it, you can be better for longer. But their goal now with all these moves is to be good for five or six years. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's probably, a, the Tampa's probably got a smaller window at this point. Mm-hmm. Light Shadow says, give me Fitzpatrick and draft Mac Jones. Also heard things are heating up about uh, four possible departures of Wilson from Seattle. So giving up three first rounders is another way to get our franchise quarterback. 
very similar to what we just said, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, um, I did see some another one I wanted to put up here. Um, Lyndon Flowers says that Jimmy has made a glass, though. Does that concern you guys? Yes, that's. I think that's been all of our concerns. At at mm-hmm. some point, everyone everyone listening for the most part isn't isn't necessarily that Jimmy G isn't a good quarterback. It's the fact that he can't stay out there very often. He's only mm-hmm. had one sixteen game season. Yeah, and that was only two seasons ago. <laughs> right. Love Vibration Nation says no problem with Jimmy G coming back, but with him, we need a capable backup in case of injury. One hundred percent. That means no Hoyer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Brian Hoyer made a very good case last season for why he shouldn't be the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. I agree. Somebody right. but Hoyer. Anybody but Hoyer. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> but Hoyer. He's 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 good as a number uh, third string guy. Or a coach, potential. Yeah, coach or a coach. Yeah, yeah, which is basically a third string guy. He's mm-hmm. a coach. Another <laughs> coach. So Dominic, being his regular uh, positive self, says after all the dust clears and ends up, or after all the dust clears, they'll end up with a B-level quarterback. Uh, can you really, can you disagree with him at this point? At this point, that's the, definitely the way that it's trending. I would consider Jimmy G kind of a B-level quarterback. Uh, obviously, Winston, Fitzpatrick, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, pretty much all of the names were thrown out there. I consider B-level. So the way that it's trending, probably. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, that's what they're going to end up with it basically, unless they make a massive trade for Watson, somehow Wilson. I mean, that's the only way that they would get anything above that. Cause everyone else that they could possibly um, reach for that it's that's, that's what it is. So. McChicken says, I heard the camp signing is more likely than a Fitzpatrick signing. I've heard the same thing and I probably agree with that at this point as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would make more sense. All right, we'll get back to all your comments in a section in a in a section in a second here. But we spent like 15 minutes talking about the quarterbacks. We got we talked about three players with a whole lot of other mm-hmm. players to talk about. So here's the receivers that he listed: Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, Rashard Higgins, and Keelan Cole. Now we've talked a lot about Curtis Samuel and Corey Davis. So let's talk about Rashard Higgins and Keelan Cole. Here's Here's what the salt said about Higgins. He said Higgins has a clear uh, rapport with Baker Mayfield and that would keep him in Cleveland, but he's a good mid-range veteran, veteran free agent, still just 26 who could help the Patriots offense. After a down year in 2019, Higgins rediscovered his success in 2020, posting a career high 599 yards, tying his career high of four touchdowns. And then Keelan Cole, the Jaguars. Cole hasn't missed a game in his first four seasons with the Jags, posting 55 catches in 2020 while playing mostly out of the slot. Cole is a good mid-range fit, but does he check enough boxes? He does have some experience returning punts, nine in 2020, and kick returns, taking about three per season. That versatility helps his chances. Now, I know if I ask you, Connor, you're going to say Curtis Samuel. I think Sarah, you would as well out of those four. Yeah. I said, and I believe if I said, okay, let's take Curtis Samuel out, I think Corey Davis would be at the top of your list. Yeah. What's your guys' thoughts on Higgins and Cole? 
I actually like Keelan Cole. Um, just from what I've seen, the little bit I saw with him last season with the Jaguars, I think he actually has a lot of potential. I mean, for the past few years, he's been stuck in one of the worst offenses in the entire league, obviously. He's still young. It seems like he's pretty versatile. They can use him as a kick returner, punt returner, and out of the slot. They're going to need somebody to come out of the slot because – I think either one, Julian Edelman's not going to be back, unfortunately, or two, if he is, he's not going to be the Julian Edelman. He's been in the past. So they're going to need somebody who's comfortable playing out of the slot because that's a huge part of the Patriots offense. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing them go after Keelan Cole at all. I am. Uh, I read something there last week, too, and I've been, I've been trying to work it into a show. It just hasn't been flowing, but. Uh, apparently Julian Edelman would like to come back and play for the Patriots again this season, but health wise, nice. he doesn't know if he's going to be able to. Yeah. Oh, okay. his, he's not sure if his sense. knee is going to be okay yeah. by the time the season starts. Um, I would, I would basically agree with what Connor just said. I was going to say, um, I would probably go with Cole. And as McChicken said, is that Higgins didn't really do anything until Odell got hurt, And then he became like Baker's number two receiver. So I think that based off of the trend that we've seen, um, with Odell in Cleveland, it seems that they would be more likely to go with trading him and keeping Higgins. So I would rather go with a guy that's probably going to be available. <laughs> so Tia Thomas says, my hope is Curtis Samuel and Brashard, or Brashard, Brashard Pyramid. Mm-hmm. Great insight Not by bad. you guys. Not Curtis, bad choices. The Dominator 89 says Curtis Samuel and Demir Bird together would be dangerous. Demir Bird, is he still under contract? No, no he's, he's a free, free, agent, free well. agent. Yeah, the Patriots yeah. have to re-sign him. I wouldn't mind seeing Demir Bird come back. Um, he'd obviously be like a three or four guy, but... They that, could probably that, get him that, cheap, that could too. Work. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he'd he probably be willing to come back for cheaper money. Mm-hmm. Dominic says, T.Y. Hilton and Curtis Samuel packages. All right. I'm not opposed to that, although T.Y. Hilton's definitely on the back nine of his career. Yeah, I would rather go with someone a little bit I mean, that's fine. I wouldn't hate this signing, but I mean, if we're going to go with two receivers, I would kind of like one that might be able to stick around a little bit longer than him. Uh, Sarah already kind of stole the thunder on this one, but McChicken mm-hmm. says Higgins didn't do anything until Odell got hurt. Uh, he's very solid after that as a number two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did yep. fill in pretty well, though. Mm-hmm. Lucas says, I love OBJ. Yes, so do sir. we. We all so do. do. He's a. We're we're all big fans of uh, Odell Beckham on this show. Mm-hmm. You guys want to give some insight? We um, gotta give, you guys got to give more than like that's good. That's a good combination. <laughs> yeah, like you guys got to give something. Well, I like. I mean, he's coming off an injury that, of course, is not something that I feel like people really have to worry about. It's a freaky injury. Um, but I mean, he's wanted to play for the Patriots. Patriots fans have wanted him forever. If they brought back Cam, him and OBJ have practiced together. They're friendly. They have some sort of chemistry there. So I like that. Um, I feel like he'd be fine. People have mentioned his um, like ego or his his uh, behavioral issues. I feel like he we haven't heard anything like that in Cleveland. It's just it seems like the connection between him and Baker, or maybe it's just the Cleveland organization in general, just doesn't seem to be clicking. So. I would be totally down for it, honestly. I think most people would be. I don't know that many Patriots fans would be mad about it. 
Yeah, and the, the thing about Odell Beckham Jr. coming into this season, I think he has an opportunity to revitalize his career. Things obviously didn't go all that well with the Browns. Last season, he had the the bad injury out for the rest of the year. So obviously, he's coming back after a bad injury. He's not getting older, but he's been in the league for a little while. He's probably late 20s, pushing 30. He mm-hmm. has a few years left where he can really revitalize his career and get back to the top of his game and show that he can look like he looked in 2015, 16, 17. 17 those years where he was an absolute stud and I think he has a good window here of the next three four seasons where he can still be a number one wide receiver so I I wouldn't be surprised for the next three four years if he comes back and is a stud again love vibration nation says what about Williams from Vegas didn't he get cut yes he did but Tyrell Williams signed signed with the Detroit Lions yesterday or today for six million dollars so yeah yep I saw that it was was it was the Lions yeah okay so he got picked uh, up pretty quickly. Yeah, then. he he got picked up right away. He wasn't cut for long. Good for him then. Jay Jay's just so down on the Patriots. He says OBJ needs to go to Tampa <laughs> Bay. You want OBJ with no quarterback, and Bill doesn't pay wideouts top dollar. They can't afford him down in Tampa Bay. Uh, they, it's OBJ yeah. or Chris Godwin, so he ain't going to Tampa Bay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That would. That, I don't think that they're going to be a player in the OBJ trade potential this offseason. Well, and we have the money. The Patriots have the money to pay him this year. It's fifteen or sixteen million, I think. So, yep, I think that that would be fine. Drip says, "I would love Golden Tate. He's pretty good for his age." How old is he now? I don't even care about his age. I think that what happened between him and Joe Judge this year, Joe Judge cutting him because of work ethic and stuff, and and like I've got, I like Golden Tate. But Joe Judge sat him and benched him because of work ethic. And trust me, Joe's going to tell Bill. St- I think Bill Joe's going to tell Bill stay away from this guy. And I know the Patriots were interested in him a couple of years ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. I I have the same concerns about that. Plus, I think he's kind of getting towards the end of his career. He made a lot of money with the Giants. I don't know. You know, with all those the work ethic comments, I don't know if he's going to be that motivated to kind of do exactly what I just said with Odell Beckham and try and revitalize his career. So El Diablo is asking what OBJ worth now. He's still under contract, so it doesn't matter what it is. I think he's uh I think he's a fifteen million dollar cap hit this year. Mm-hmm. It's around uh, like fifteen or sixteen, I think. Yeah. So he it would have to be a straight trade. He's not a yeah. free agent. Nobody's even talking about the free agents we talked about. They're throwing out every other name under the book. <laughs> uh, he's a fifteen million dollar cap hit this year with a twelve million dollar dead. 15 million cap hit next year, but no dead 15 million in 2023. So yeah, he's a 15 million across the board. That might be worth it though, because I feel like the next three years of the final, like three years where he's really going to be a top wide receiver before we start to see like a decline. So the next three years, I think would be the, the kind of the timeframe for him. So Ross threw up a question here. I'm going to drop it up. I'm going to put it up. Not just because it's a donation, because it's actually a really, really interesting point. If the Seahawks are taking calls on Wilson, maybe Metcalf, because if you trade away Russell Wilson, what do you do with those mm. quarterbacks? Right. Those wide receivers, I mean. That brings up a really good point because now that I think about it, they have such a good receiving core. Now is the time to kind of capitalize on that if I'm the Seahawks. But then again, I guess if you can't protect the quarterback, it's all for nothing anyways. But they have Tyler Lockett and they have DK Metcalf with Russell Wilson. They should be able to throw the ball all over the, all over teams, which is obviously what they did last season. But if they're going to trade Russell Wilson, 
why wouldn't they also want to try and get something for Metcalf? Because I'm sure Metcalf will yield an astronomical return as far as picks and talent and exchange as well. Well, and he's still under a rookie contract too. So it's not like they'd be losing a ton of money either. I like, I like Tyler Locke too. I think he's kind of underrated. Yeah. So, I mean, if they were going to be um, possibly trading him too, I, I wouldn't hate the Patriots uh, being interested in him either. So McChicken's asking, what about Josh Reynolds? Yeah. Being, being released, released from Los Angeles. Uh, again, another 600-yard guy. I think it was yep. a year for him last year, if I'm not mistaken. But I think yep. it was also his first year that he played. Oh, no, he's played almost every game. Yeah, it was a career year for him last year. Um, should come cheap. He'd definitely be a supporting piece. Yeah, exactly. Some of the, some of these guys, though, that is important, whether it's him or Keelan Cole. I'd like to see him get somebody who can play at the 3-4 wide receiver. Hopefully they'll have somebody who's going to be more like the number one. Jacoby Myers is going to be the number two. And then from there, I don't know who's, what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with Edelman. We don't know if Demir Bird's going to be back. I think Gunner's going to be just more of a special teams guy. Marquise Lee, I, I don't know if he's going to contribute or make the team. So I'd like to see him bring in a guy like Josh Reynolds or Keelan Cole, somebody like that who can be you know, uh, uh, a helping piece, something like uh, Philip Dorsett was, Demir Bird was last season, somebody like that. All right, last uh, comment about receivers, and we need to move on. Chilltown Major says, A.J. Green and Sammy Watkins are also free agents. Ah. I would like Watkins more than A.J. Green. A.J. Green has been injured so much recently. I think if we're going to talk about injury concerns with other players, then that needs to be, like, a huge red flag with him. Like, I, he used to be a great player, and it's possible he still can be, but with those injuries, man, like... I don't even know how many games he's played over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think I they're gonna get they're gonna get overpaid. There's gonna be a team out there that's gonna overpay for both AJ Green and Sammy Watkins. They're not really on my radar. Yeah. So I've already been through this with with Connor. AJ Green played 16 games last year. Did he really? Yes, and he. Played, I was shocked too. And yeah. he played 16 games in 2017. He played nine games in 2018. He's played a lot more games than Cam Newton has in the last three years. You oh, know what wow. I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like a ton more than Cam Newton is. It's 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 this it, it's I this is where I get from a fan perspective that I laugh all the time because from at, at everybody because we're so tunnel visioned on our own players that I don't think we actually and we don't actually see the scope of things. But yes, no, he played 16 games, started 14, played 16 in 2017, played nine games last season. So yeah, no, he was back all la all last season. Oh wow. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah, Tyler Boyd just kind of stole the thunder there last year before he, he got injured. He did. Tyler Boyd was uh, a bit of he was, he was really he's, good. He's good. It was a yeah. shock to me how well he was. Right. All right. Let's go to tight ends now. Another big need for the Patriots. Big time, yeah. Three names we've talked about. Trey Burton coming out of the Colts. Yep. Gerald Everett and Jonu Smith. Mm. Those are the three tight ends that he listed as the best fits for the Patriot. I know everybody's going to scream Hunter Henry. Yep. Not happening. Right. Yeah. Too much, too much money. I really mm -hmm. like Smith. I, I was saw a thread the other day on Twitter that was just talking about him, how he's only 26. Um, he was obviously run blocker first blocking for Derrick Henry quite a bit. 
and they they just didn't use him all that much. But when they did, he was actually pretty good. So he he's still young. He's not going to cost a ton of money. He can obviously block, and he he's going to be a better pass catcher than the Patriots have had since they had Gronk. I think he would be a pretty good fit. Yeah, I honestly am going to admit I don't know much about any of them. So I'm just down with whoever they can bring in that's good, that can help the younger tight ends because I don't want them to spend like a ton of money on a tight end if they're going to bring in a guy Um, because, I mean, they drafted two. It feels like that would be completely pointless if they did that. But anybody that can help them in the passing game for sure, anyone that can help block and anyone who can help mentor, I'm down. So any of those guys can do that. I'm for it. I bet you all those guys had more than two catches last season. Oh, a hundred and million percent. I have no faith in those two young guys. I have no faith. No, no. I have no faith in two tight ends who play in a tight end, tight end heavy system with a quarterback who made a living off of throwing the ball to tight ends Mm -hmm. and they made two catches. Yeah, it was, it was, and and, and for one of them, it came week 17. That's when he caught his two passes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that was definitely yeah, I mean, concerning. Burton, I Burton Everett, and Smith are all a massive upgrade. I oh, want yeah. them to draft. I want them to sign to replace at least Dalton Keene. Yeah. yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I would take Ryan Izzo over Dalton Keene as my third my third tight end next year. Mm-hmm. Right. I would keep Asiasi because he is a good inline blocker. Yeah. And he would be my tight end too as my inline blocker. He would be my um, what's his name from a couple of years ago, playing on the Martellus left side. Bennett. No, no. Um, Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen, the blocking yeah. title. That's what he was there for. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. Now I do want to throw out. I know I've seen a lot of people talking about. A lot of people have said Kyle Rudolph. This article was written pre the Kyle Rudolph cut, so he probably would have been on this list. I like Everett. That's my guy. Everett's really good too. He's a like he's a 400 yard kind of guy in his career, but I think that in the Patriots system he could be better. They mm-hmm. also kept switching him with the other guy. Who was the other the other tight yeah. end for the Rams? I know what you, they'd, yeah. they'd go back and forth with them. They yeah they were they were on a it wasn't a, they were on a platoon. Yeah. So I like Everett. I like Burton as well. Uh, the Colts have done really good with. Um, have done have been done really good with tight ends lately. Right. And I like John Smith, right? Obviously. I mean, I'm I'm with you guys, but I like Gerald Everett. And he's only 27. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's st- he's still young and th- he's never really gotten a full go to be like the full go-to tight end. They've always want- run with run with both guys. Uh Ross says if we're going to get Greg Olson, uh Greg Olson retired. Greg Olson, I was just going to say is he and in the so- league? And so did Keekley. And I love Keekley. He was one of my favorite players that was not on the page. I was so sad that he retired, but I would probably, I would be so excited if they somehow got him out of retirement. Not happening. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm what? starting to think that the Ross and, and, and thing, and maybe it was a bit of a joke that we just missed. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I says uh, both Tyler Eifert, uh, pretty decent. Gerald Everett is a LA tight end and wide receiver body. He's also decent. Yeah. Yep. And Tyler Eifert's a guy back when Gronk was in his retirement limbo that I wanted the Patriots to go after. Mm-hmm. No, it was last season. I wanted him to go after Tyler Eifert, not two years ago. It was last season. I just don't think they had the money to pay him last season. Right. Yeah. He, he was, he was okay. He was so good for the Bengals for like a year or two. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to blow through the defense if that's okay with you guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just have a funny feeling. I'm looking at the names on this list, and I got a feeling that there's not going to be a lot of input from all of us. If okay. You want, fair, if you want fair me enough. to stop. Okay. If you want me to stop and you really want to talk about somebody. Okay. Like, like a Carl Lawson, who I'm a big fan of. But if you guys mm-hmm. want to, we can. So, defensive end, Solomon Thomas from San Francisco. He's got Romeo Aquara from the Lions. I don't want him because I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Carl Lawson from the Bengals. I'm a very big fan of Carl Lawson. I will I will say that. Um, disruptive off the edge. Like, absolutely disruptive. Uh, I, I think he led the league in quarterback knockdowns last season. I think he might have also led in hits. He's just, un or not last season, two years ago. Yeah. Absolutely love him, love him, love him. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals re-sign him. But he is a free agent, but I would love for them to get his, their hands on, on Carl Lawson. Yeah, I don't have much to say any about any of them. So how much do you think do you think he'd be getting a big contract? That's a thing, too. Yeah, but the Patriots okay. have money. Yeah. Right. And it, that that's the thing that's going to be really interesting to see is how they spread that out. Because, you know, we we see that they're what in the top four for money. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they focus on and how much they're paying and for what part that they need to fix. Because there's quite a bit that they need to fix and replace, especially I think they have 25 people going to free agency. So well, Carl that's Lawson a lot. has been, been making nothing the last four years. Oh, he okay. made $2 million last year. So he's going to get, wow. he's going to, he's going to get a bump. He's, yeah. If he, sure. does, if he doesn't resign with, uh, with, with the Bengals, yeah. I think if the Patriots, listen, if you guys are sitting here waiting for the Patriots to spend huge money on, on offense, I you're going to be sadly disappointed because I think the Patriots are looking at that defense saying it's almost complete. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you the know, defense it, has a lot less holes than the offense. And I think they're going to spend some money on defense, especially, and I talked about this on Patreon the other day, so I'm not going to get deep into it, but when you think about it, Hightower, Chung, the two McCourty brothers, yep. they're all twilighting. This right, could be their sure. last season. Yeah, that's so, what I was going to say. They're much older on defense, so they're they're in need of replacing that a lot quicker. And I think that Belichick's going to want to bring the veterans in this year because he's not going to want to fill all these holes through the draft. And then those guys leave next year, and then you're bringing in either cheaper veterans or you're bringing in draft, and then you're really young. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think you go a little bit older this year to get younger next year, but have your veterans in place. Yeah. Um, and then interior defensive tackles, you got Delvin Tomlinson from the Giants. Yep. 26 years old. I don't know why the Giants wouldn't want him. He's a run defender. Yep. Um, I know a lot about him because I, I listen to a podcast called One Giants Podcast. They talk a lot about uh, the defensive lines and stuff. Uh, I I would want him. Uh, and he's not going to cost a whole, he's not going to cost a whole lot, a lot either. Yeah. Yep, that'd be a great fit for the Patriots, man, because they need somebody that's going to stuff the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's only like 26 years old. Yeah, perfect age. Daquan Jones from the Titans. Oh, and Larry Ogunjobi. I said Joby Ogunjobi yep. from the Browns. Why? Mm-hmm. Like that's who Belichick. I know that's who Belichick's going to sign because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like he likes to sign those ones with the names that no one can say. Then when we look at the linebacker situation, you know, the Patriots always do really well with former Bills players, right? That's mm-hmm. true. That's what I said last night. 
They do pretty well in the draft, too. I know no one wants to hear that, but they've drafted well at the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. I think they? that's one one place that we said that he shouldn't get knocked for. Sly Tower, Jamie Collins, mm-hmm. um, Brandon Spikes, even. When Brandon Spikes was here, he was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now we have Uche, we have Winovich. I'm going to bring mm-hmm. up another former Buffalo Bill if we can. Okay. I guess most currently Detroit Lion, which maybe they won't be able to get because of uh, Big Matty P coming back. Yeah. Wolf, but, yeah. But Reggie Raglan. Okay. Okay. 48 tackles on the year, 27 years old, very affordable. He can stop the run. He can platoon with Joan Bentley. Yep. Like he could be that big stopper. Then you got Jayon Brown from the Titans. You got Jordan Jenkins from the Jets, outside linebacker. Yep. And then you have Vince Bigel, Bigel from the Dolphins. Mm, I don't know him. Me neither. And then they got special team guys. Bill loves that. <laughs> you know what? I know we're doing the top 25, but I'm not getting into the special teams guys. Okay. Although th- that's who Bill's going to go for. Mm-hmm. I know. I hope this Slater plays for one more year. I'm hoping at least one more year from Slater. Me too. A name he didn't mention, but I'm wondering, what about Melvin Ingram? Yeah, I mm. haven't really even thought about Melvin Ingram. That could be somebody that they might go after as well. He was just on the Broncos, right? He went to the Broncos, right? No, Chargers. You're thinking of the other Ingram. You're thinking of uh, Melvin, Gordon. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the running back. No, Melvin Ingram yeah. is the uh, the defensive tackle for the Chargers. He he's a bit of a like he's a guy who kind of went, was really really good and kind of fell off really. Yeah. Quickly. But I, right. I think he almost reminds me of a Danny Shelton in that way. Mm-hmm. Right, and Danny Shelton did his job for the Patriots. Yeah, he did really well for the few years they had him. All right, Connor, why don't you start scanning those comments? And while we do that, we're going to take a quick, quick break here. And you hear from our sponsors over at the Rocky Mountain Barber Company, Manscaped.com, FCustom.com. Take one minute and 33 seconds to hear about our Patreon page and another 17 seconds to remind you about our brand new merch store. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and get all the products you need to take care of your hair, beard, and skin. Get their small batch, all-natural beard bombs and oils, pre-shave oils, lotions, hair products, razor blades, and so much more. Visit Rocky Mountain Barber Company and use the promo code RAYROUTE and save 5% off all your orders. Get your small batch hygiene products at RockyMountainBarber.com. You can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from manscaped.com and use the promo code RayRoute and you'll save yourself 20% and get free international shipping. So take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at manscaped.com. Fcustom.com is your spot to find the best custom baseball, basketball, and football jerseys. Choose from hundreds of designs and colors and customize the jersey any way you want. Use the promo code RayRoute and save yourself 10% to get the best custom jerseys at Fcustom.com. Hey, if you enjoy the lighthearted, wholesome content that you get from the Dear Pats Nation podcast, YouTube, and Facebook page and wish that you could get more, you are in luck because Dear Pats Nation has launched our Patreon page. We didn't add any ridiculous tiered levels of support. We're not asking you to pledge 20 bucks a month for five bucks. That's right. Five bucks a month. You'll have access to daily exclusive Dear Pats Nation videos. You'll get traditional vlogs from Connor, Sarah, and I talking about the Patriots, the Celtics. 
Celtics and the Red Sox, but we'll also have exclusive interviews, behind-the-scene footage, bloopers, early views of videos that aren't available on YouTube, live streams exclusively for Patreon members, and that's just scratching the surface. We're not going to make you pay a monthly fee if we're not committed to adding and making it the best possible experience for you. We're not in this to get rich. We're not in this to rip you off. We just want enough to pay our bills and being able to create on Patreon is just one way we're trying to do it. So please come check out our check out our Patreon page over at www.patreon.com/dpnsports. We've also left the description in or we've also left the link of the in the description of our YouTube and Facebook videos. We don't think you'll be sorry. So please, at the very least, at least go check it out. And if you don't want to sign up and you don't want to pay, that's all right too. We ain't mad. You can still expect us to be here streaming live every Sunday through Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. But if you want to get more, go check us out over on Patreon. You guys asked for it, so it's arrived. The Dear Pats Nation merch shop is now open and live. Show some love for the podcast by going over to teesprings.com slash store slash DPN and get your hands on the newest Dear Pats Nation merchandise. You know, I always wonder if we should do the long ads like that, do more. I like taking one break. I don't know about you. Me too. Yeah. Personally, I don't know how everyone feels, but. All right. Before we get into the chat, I want to just throw a couple of tweets at you that I saw today. Uh A couple of these might be later. No, no. It's just good discussion pieces. Doug Kide tweeted out that Jim Nagy likes the idea of New England trading for Gardner Minshew, but it's worth wondering if the Jaguars would actually be willing to trade the cheap, young, talented quarterback to the Patriots. Something we did talk about. As you guys know, I'm a fan of making the move for Gardner Minshew, but do the Jaguars have any reason right now to move on from Minshew? He's making like $600,000 a year. You got Trevor Lawrence coming in. He could be a great backup, a great sort of, you know, young mentor for the kid. Does Jacksonville have any reason? reason to trade him away they have the bargaining chips right now you know what i mean they they could obviously trade him away i'm sure that they're expecting lawrence to be their future but also they don't really have a need to trade him away unless someone comes along and offers him something enticing i wouldn't expect them to give Gardner Minshew up for like a fifth round pick or anything like that i think they'd probably hold out and worst case scenario they have this guy on the books for extremely cheap money and they have him there as a locker room guy and a and a solid backup if anything ever happened. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna say. Is like there you have to have a good backup. Uh, so you know if anything happens to Trevor Lawrence, you don't know. He's young. He's gonna be a rookie. You might need to pull him. Maybe he's not doing so well in the NFL. You don't know. Maybe he gets hurt. They still like Minshew. I would keep him. I mean, he's not hurting your pocketbook. So. All right, Connor, your boy, the Fantasy Wolf, tweeted out, Alex Smith does fit the Patriots offense better than Cam Newton. McDaniel showed even in, but McDaniel showed even in Denver, he's not suited to coach a run first quarterback style offense. Either way, neither quarterback wins you a Super Bowl. So maybe it's safer to bring camp back Cam because of the familiarity with the offense. What do you think of that? Yeah, at that point, I completely agree. I honestly, I agree. I don't think either quarterback is necessarily going to bring them to a Super Bowl. So if that's the route that they're going to go, like we've talked about before, then you need to draft the quarterback and use one of these guys as a bridge and kind of plan more for 2022-2023 than playing for this season. So at that point, yeah, I would bring Cam back as well. And watching Alex Smith play, I don't know if anyone else feels this way. It just freaks me out every time I see him. Just because of that horrific injury, I'm like, dude, Like, I'm just a fan watching and I can't imagine how his wife feels how his kids feel like i would be scared like he's he's a great a great player but 
I um I mean the injury is a little bit scary. Yeah. All right, and somebody tweeted at this me this at me about two weeks ago, and I just never got around to answering it. So I'm gonna throw it out to you guys right now. So Ty tweeted at me, Watson went four and twelve in a system he's been in his entire career with good receivers. Cam went seven and nine in a new system with no OTAs and with less talented receivers. Why is everyone hating on Cam but praising Watson? Can That's you guys a very good question? Um, a very logical answer though. Right. I mean, I, I know that the Texans were just a dumpster fire. Their defense was terrible. They were constantly playing from behind. He would throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns and they would still lose 31 to 28 all the time. Um, it, it was just two completely different organizations. Well, and I think we've seen better from Deshaun over the last hand, you know, few years than what we've seen from Cam. So people, of course, like what they see from Deshaun because even if he was losing he still played really good it wasn't like he was playing terrible but only and then happened to win four games it was just like last year was such a mess for the Texans so I mean good for him that they turned it around I mean I think that they started to when they played the Patriots too ironically so Uh, I'll tell you why (laughs) people aren't aren't cutting him slack Cam Newton threw for 200 or 2,657 yards last season while completing 65.8% of his passes for eight touchdowns. Deshaun yep. Watson threw for 4,823 yards for 70% completion and 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Yep. Yeah, he was on the money. Phenomenal yep. season. Yeah. Deshaun Watson is not the reason that tech that Houston sucked bad last mm-hmm. season. Deshaun right. Watson had a Believe this, it went, whether you may, a career season in 2020. Well, and that's why they say you shouldn't focus too much on the record of a team because it doesn't necessarily indicate how well certain players are playing. Or at least that's yeah. what I believe, yeah. Right. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and just so everybody's aware, because I know people are going to yell at me about Cam Newton's rushing yards. You know what I mean? Well, you know, Deshaun rushes too. (laughs) Yeah. Deshaun Watson had 444 rushing yards on top of it. So he was well over 5,000 yards combined. Uh, He had another 444 uh, rushing yards last season, averaging 3.7 per carry. Uh, I'm just trying to look uh, for his touchdowns here that I can't find. He had a, he had some rushing touchdowns too, though. Yes. Uh, Three three, three rushing touchdowns. So he had a total of 36 touchdowns last year between passing and and rushing the football. I think Cam Newton had a total of 18 or 20. 20. 20. But he Mm. he threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns. So that's why people are on Cam and not on Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Mm -hmm. Watson is not the reason. I'm not saying Cam Newton is the sole reason that Mm -hmm. the Patriots struggled last year, but he is one of the reasons. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson wasn't the reason at all last season that Houston struggled. All right, Connor, yeah. let's get to some comments. All righty. We got one here from Snap Time. Says the Saints are $63 million over the cap. They're, go- they're going to be making some big moves, and they're one of 11 teams that will need to need to get below the cap. The Patriots could be waiting for the fire sale. And I've heard mm-hmm. this a few times about a few different teams. I know the Saints definitely being one of them. But I think a lot of big names are going to get cut, and it might be a good opportunity for the Patriots to swoop in. I know they uh, they cut Jared Cook already, so I think we're going to see a lot of that stuff happen. One of the problem with the Saints are, like a lot of their guys, like we were talking about Michael Thomas. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost them more money to cut them. So they right. have to keep them. They're not in the. Uh oh. And oh, if you look at. Oh, there we go. I think you're back. Oh. Yep. Uh, you're back. And you, you guys never cut out on me at all. So, oh, okay. but if you, if you look at, um, if you look at Michael, if you look at the Saints teams, all their top players, they're going to lose money to cut them. It's, right. Mm-hmm. Bad yeah, so contracts. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's kind of crazy to me to see how many teams are so far over. Like, there's a couple that I think are a little over, so they might have to just restructure somebody or cut like one person. But I mean, sixty-three million—that's a lot. Yeah, you it's need a lot of ground. Out. Yeah, I think that they said that they that if Breeze decides to come back too, that they that he was willing to restructure his contract to free up room. I know that's what um, Roethlisberger did. I think he's yeah. cut now going to be making 14 million next season so if drew Brees decides to come back then they're probably going to have to do something with his contract as well yeah so alvin kamara ain't going nowhere because he's only got a cap hit of 5 million a 29 million dollar dead cap wow i'm gonna look at all the i'm just gonna pull up all the saints contracts right now that's crazy cheap for alvin yeah for kamara yeah that really is is five million bucks is he still on the rookie no, Contract? no, he just signed a new deal. His he, oh, okay. he's bottom heavy. Mm, okay. Okay. So I I want to just okay they're just showing me general contracts. I want to look at uh, seasons. So twenty twenty one salary cap. We're gonna look at the Saints salary cap here. So Cameron Jordan, defensive end, cap hit of eighteen point nine. They're gonna they're gonna save two million dollars by cutting him. Oh, not yeah. worth it. Mm-mm. Michael Thomas, they're going, it's going to cost them more money. So he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taron Armstead, they can save about $7 million by cutting him. Okay. He's probably gone then. They can save $5 million by cutting Taysom Hill. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, they can save $7 million. Yep. Quan Alexander. Uh, they can save thirteen point two. He's Damn. an interesting one. Yeah, he's an interesting piece. Uh, Drew Brees needs to restructure because if he retires, it's going to cost him twenty two point six million. Oh my goodness! I, I don't know why Drew Brees would want to restructure. He's only got a twelve point two million dollar cap hit. I don't I mean I don't know how much lower he could. I don't know. It's right. just a, a thing I kept seeing all over. So I figured he had like a massive contract because I don't know why he would be so willing to drop it, but. Andrews Pete would cost them more money. Uh, their right tackle, which the Patriots don't really need, they could cut him. Uh, Davis is going to cost them more money, so he's not going anywhere. They can cut Emmanuel Sanders. They'll save themselves $6 million, so he's probably gone. Oh, yeah, he's gone, yeah. Uh, he, Marshawn Lattimore, a... they could save $10 million. I... <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because now Malcolm Jenkins is going to cost them more money. They could cut Malcolm Brown and save five. Uh, David, uh, what's his name? Anumeta, it's going to cost them more money. Alvin, Kam- Alvin Kamara is only a $5 million cap hit. It would cost them $23 million to cut him. Wow. Sorry, it would cost them $29 million to cut him. Um, Marcus Davenport, they could save $4 million. Uh, Latavius Murray, they could save th- uh, three million. 
You know what I'm saying? Now we're starting to get down the lower end of this thing. So yeah, they can make some moves, but all those really big players that we're, you know, we want, mm-hmm. they ain't there, champ, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. I do kind of like the idea of Sanders becoming a free agent, though. I wouldn't uh, be mad at the Patriots signing him. Emmanuel Sanders is a name. Yeah, I don't. I feel like he's past his prime twice. I mean, you might as well sign Danny Amendola at this point. Uh, I know he had had 726 yards last year. He only had 502 the year before. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. how old is Emmanuel Sanders going to be? I feel like he's 38. He's definitely not, but he's going to be 34 next year. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Emmanuel Sanders is a name. I mean, he was he was drafted by Pittsburgh in 2010. Right. You know? Wow. That's crazy. Like I just remember, weren't it. they kind of interested in him a year or two ago before? I think it was before he signed with the Niners. I think they two were. Two years ago. Yeah. When he, was, when he was 31. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. when he's going to be 34. Yeah. No, I didn't old. realize I didn't yeah. realize he was that old, honestly. I thought he was younger than that. No, Emmanuel. Like what I'm saying. There's some names that are available on the market that people are bringing up, but I'm just like, yo, those are names. Like right. Ron Miller is, is a yeah. name. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Emmanuel right, we, Sanders cool. is a huge upgrade to is a huge upgrade to everybody on the Patriots roster right now outside of Jacoby Myers. Mm-hmm. Right. But is is that really the direction we want the Patriots to go? Not no. older, that's for sure. Right, we got a uh, donation here from Ross. He says, Mick Homer, how you been liking the cam hype videos? Are you talking about the ones on Instagram? What are we talking about? Because if you're talking about the ones that he's posting on Instagram, I love it. Every single morning when I open up my Instagram, Cam is like the first post that I see. So I love it. Um, but other other uh, hype videos, I'm not sure which ones you're talking about. I'm sure I'd love them. About the Instagram ones. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about those, then yeah. I mean, for the most part, you know that I'm going to love it. So, yes. All right, we, we got one here from Big MGM. He says, Bill's dog got to have the greatest draft in animal <laughs> history. I agree. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure on uh, Mr. Nike to have a good draft this season. Yeah, it really does. Bill's dog and Bill and the Patriots. like they. If they want to compete this season, they have to nail it out of the park and they got to bring in game-ready players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the future also depends on this draft as well, especially if they're going after a quarterback. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot going into this draft, especially even before that, the week, couple weeks before that for the free agency. It's that's just going to be very telling. It's exciting. But I said, like I said, I think people need to manage their expectations. Don't get too excited because you you never know what's going to happen. All right. Eric Super Patriot here says tight end Jonu Smith should be a priority. Uh, I'm definitely uh, on board with them going after him and bringing him in for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of touched on that a little bit already. Yeah, I agree. And we got uh, Dave Burkholder here. He, blast of the past. And he said, I would like to bring back Colin Shelton and Van Noy, <laughs> wide receiver prospects to check out Jonathan Adams out of Arkansas, Arkansas State. Reminds me of Julio Jones. I Ooh. don't know too much about Adams, but I'm very familiar with the other three. If they all want to come in and play for those cheap contracts we always talk about, then let's get them. If you could only get one of the three, I would want Danny Shelton. I know it sounds crazy. I know people are like, but it's Jamie Collins and and Kyle Van Noy. And I'm like, yeah, but Danny, I believe this year we miss Danny Shelton a lot more 
Mm-hmm. Then we miss Kyle Van Noy, and that we and then we miss Jamie Collins. Andy's younger, which is just appealing. everybody knows. Just so everybody knows too, next Wednesday or Thursday, he's going to give me a date. We are going to be joined live for Mc uh, by McChicken. Nice. Who what? Is, who is going to come McChicken. in McChicken? And he's going to do a college draft with us and talk about some of the the. The draft pick. So all of you guys with all these draft nice. questions, McChicken will be here to answer your question. And uh, I don't know, Connor and I may take a nap. I, so we'll I, have, I'm looking forward to it. So we'll have the McGang live. We'll wow. have the McGang live. And I'll have to check out this Jonathan Adams guy you're talking about, because if he really is like Julio, then I feel like I need to look into him because that sounds exciting. One more Connor. Oh, I'll get another one. It was this was just uh, Ricky Moxley say, showing his excitement for uh, the return of McChicken. We stand. Light Shadows here says if Cam comes back and throws the ball receivers' feet, the crowd's going to go berserk and there'll be riots. Just imagine Brady putting up forty points in Gillette and Cam sucking out loud. Um, so I am going. I'm going to go on a limb but, right now. Yes, I'm going to go out. I'm going to make a bold prediction. There will not be riots at Gillette Stadium. I agree with that one. But I people are going to go nuts on the radio and in the media and on Twitter, and we will have to listen to it. There will be verbal riots. Yes. Yep. If Listen, if Brady goes in, puts up 40 points, and Cam is sucking, they will boo the Patriots off the field. I believe that. I they, agree. They booed Brady off the field against Miami, mm-hmm. right? Or was it against Tennessee? Like They booed Brady off the field. I want right, you all to remember did. that. All the misters, we all love Tom Brady. You booed Tom Brady off the field in 2019, his final season in New England. Mm-hmm. So they're, of course, they're going to boo Cam Newton off the field. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest worry for Cam Newton, the person, is that he comes back and looks like he did last year. Right. And throws the balls at people's feet and ankles because he's going to get torn apart. And I can't defend him. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. You can't I agree. defend bad mechanics. You can't defend a, a dead arm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, that's my biggest fear for Cam the person, and and I I am one of those people who wish he would retire, because I'm afraid he's going to come back and he's going to look absolutely awful again, and we're going to have to deal with the media, the fan bases, other fan bases, like everybody just. I remember when they signed him, and the panther a panther fan messaging me, a panther fan I'm cool with, who's a a, a panther podcaster, and he messaged me and said he's your problem now. You'll see. He's like, There's oh, also a lot of Panthers fans that miss him too. So it's kind of like a weird. Because at I least... the person. Because there's a lot of people like yeah. you, Sarah, that love him and will defend him throwing the ball at Nikhil Harry's ankles. You know what I mean? And and it's mm-hmm. that's why. Mm. But no, this guy said to me, this guy loves Cam. He's like me. He says, dude, Cam Newton's a great guy. He's done a lot for this city. Like he's going to be missed in that perspective. He goes, but he's your problem now, and you'll see why. He says, I because. Him and I did a, a a joint thing pre the the Cam signing, and I talked about how much I loved Cam Newton and blah blah blah. And he talked to me about mechanics and this and that. And I was like, really, Cam Newton? Well, yeah. And and him and I message each other all the time. And those and he he watches our show. And those balls to the ankles is uh, was a regular thing in Carolina as well. Just so everybody knows, yeah. that wasn't just a Patriots thing. All right, so. Let's get rid of those comments. I want to get into one more thing here with you guys before we uh, take off for the day. Always got to have our baseball talk. Can I but say I do... one Celtic thing quickly? Yep. They won. Yay. Nice. 
Yay. So that was exciting. I didn't get to see the game, but they beat the Raptors. So that was exciting. And actually some of the players uh, did better than they have been. So that was exciting. Congratulations. You beat a Toronto Raptors team that's missing half their team to COVID right now. Well, you know what? It was still exciting. Okay. So the person I pay is coming here and talking shit about my favorite basketball team. I'll remember that, Sarah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what? I actually feel good about this now. So Danny Vietti wrote this and said, in less than 13 months, Boston fans have had to say goodbye to Gordon Hayward, Ennis Cantor, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Mookie Betts, Dustin Pedroia, Jackie Bradley Jr., David Price, Andrew Benatendi, Mitch Moreland, and Brock Holt. I felt oh. bad for y'all before until you talk shit about the Raptors. So now I had to. <laughs> now I felt good about reading that. I didn't even say anything bad. Ken I just Rosen- said we won. Ken Rosenthal put out today that the Brewers will pay uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. $13 million in 2021 and then $11 million in 2022. If he declines to opt out, sources at the Athletic and says some money will be deferred. Uh, Jared, is it Carabas? Yes. Yeah, Carabas. 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 Tweeted out uh, a follow-up that and said, I said it before this was a rumor. I love the fit. Jackie is a super chill dude, and that's exactly what that Brewers Clubhouse is all about. Uh, The Brew Crew fans are going to love JBJ. Thanks for the memories, champ. Connor, I'm going to give you the floor on this one. I wish Jackie Bradley Jr. the best of luck. He played center field the best I've ever seen anyone play center field in the history of me watching the MLB. Um, He was definitely really good, but he did not hit well enough for him to get that type of a contract from the Red Sox, I don't think. I know he was holding out for that type of money, $10, $12 million, and the Red Sox just weren't going to part ways because he consistently hit low 200s. Um, I I wish JBJ the best of luck. He's a good dude, played a big part in the 2018 World Series, so best of luck to him. But the Red Sox are just moving on at this point. I didn't think they were going to tie up that type of money with them. So I got a question for you. If Martinez comes out and looks this season like he did last season, right? Yep. Will you be on the it's time to move on from Martinez train? Uh, next year is the last year on his contract. So I, I guess at that point it would be what it was. He's already earned the money, in my opinion, because the first two seasons he's had with the Red Sox were so astronomically successful that even if he continues to go in the wrong direction here, it is what it is. I mean, they can kind of cut ties with him next season, and I still won't see it as a lost contract, but it, it probably would be time to to go to get rid of him because he is getting older as well. But I'm, I'm and, hoping he comes back and has a bounce back year. And I was thinking about this today, right? So J.D. Martinez really became a better hitter in Boston. Yeah, his first year was was ridiculous. Yeah. And then Devers has an off year last year, right? Devers or Devers? Devers. Devers 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 has an off year last year, right? Mm -hmm. Has an off year last year. Connor, how confident are you in players that are so attached to a manager? Mm, I know that is kind of troubling. 
that they can't play well without him. I, I, I'm hoping it was less of that and more of it was just a weird season last year. No one was prepared. There was COVID. They didn't have the full year. And then, yeah, the manager was a part of it as well. The thing for Devers is, too, he still speaks through a translator when he talks to the media. And I know that Alex Cora obviously speaks Spanish, so it's probably obviously much easier for him and Alex Cora to communicate and talk to each other than it is when he was talking to Ron Renicky last season. So I'm hoping that plays a part, too. Because, yeah, like like I'm looking at J.D. Martinez's stats, and obviously, I mean, he cut his teeth with the Tigers, and I know he's always been mm-hmm. a 300 hitter, so everybody get off my ass. Well, since 2014, right? His early years with the Astros, he was mid-200s. Yep. But, like, you look at that 2018 season, like 130 RBIs. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, like, that's 330. astronomical. 330, I know. It's just an absurd, like... 40-something home runs. That was just a ridiculous season. But you know what really struck me over those last two years as well? He struck out a ton more in 2019 and 2018. Yeah, he he like, does strike out a good amount, but... Well, but listen, though. When he was with... In 2017, with the Tigers... Oh, no, sorry. No, he's always been uh, striking out a bunch. But his base on balls went up astronomically in 2019 and and uh in 2018 being on the and uh, he didn't get walked a whole lot and all of a sudden he gets walked a career high 69 times in 2018 goes up to 72 in 2019 right under alex cora and then in 2020 he's got 22 you know in 54 games he probably was on pace for maybe again another 40 walks right so yeah there's obviously something about cora that gets him more locked in at the plate and it's just concerning to me that you got a veteran and then a young guy who are so sort of interconnected with a manager. And I believe that Alex Core is on a short leash. Yeah, probably. Because of with, all the, the, the stuff that the happened. History. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he's on a short leash. I don't think he would have been. They could have lost every game this season. He wouldn't have got fired if there wouldn't have been the whole cheating thing. You know what I mean? Yep. But after being attached to that Astros thing, if he comes out, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. What happens if they come out and suck? You know there's going to be people out there, media included. Yep. Well, they're not banging trash cans in Boston anymore. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to ram that down his throat for sure. I think that's a guarantee. And And he can only win World Series. This is proof that Boston was cheating. Yep. And you know, if you were good on you, if you were good on you, I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm not a Red Sox fan. If you were good on you, though, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But I don't think they were. I don't think he brought that system to to Boston. I'm going to be completely honest with you. But unfortunately, that's going to be rammed down his throat. That's why I think he's on a short leash. Right. Right. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Yeah. So, and I think that, uh, and so... Okay, J.D. Martinez, his career is coming to an end anyways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be – he's not – is he going to be remembered? You'll probably remember him as a Red Sox. I'll probably remember him as a, as a Tiger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's really where he blew up was in in Detroit. Um, but Devers is concerning, being a young man. Uh, yeah, he's only 24, world. right? So that's that's pretty interesting as well because I, I don't know what will happen then if they part ways with him as well. And he's going to have to figure out how to do it on his own. I do got to give uh, Boston Red Sox fans credit, though. Uh, the the Philadelphia Phillies beat the Yankees fifteen nothing today, and uh, there was a, that. 
and there was a ton of smack talk about it and i was like mm. only the yankees red sox rivalry are people talking smack about the fourth game of spring training <laughs> <laughs> i know seriously <laughs> only only the red sox yankees rivalry i connor you and i have talked about it. it's the greatest rivalry in sports there's not yeah not, i know that people are going to say lakers celtics and that but the yankees red sox is the greatest rivalry in sports yep yep it, it, it's never ending it stood the test of time too. It's not been just like something that was like, oh, over the course of 10, 20 years. It's like, no, it's been forever. Yeah, since nineteen no, eighteen. Yeah. In yeah. in basketball, people will argue and they'll say, No, no, it's Lakers Celtics. They started a Yankees sucks chant at a Patriots Super Bowl parade. Mm-hmm. You know what I 100%, mean? Hundred percent. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I They'll do it at a Red Sox Phillies game in like uh, July, <laughs> random mm-hmm. night out in Fenway Park. They'll be chanting Yankees suck. Toronto Red Sox fans, like Red Sox fans from Toronto, go to Blue Jays and Washington games and we'll start chanting Yankees suck. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. When you go to Yankee games here, it might be a little bit different this year. Well, this year we may not have. They're they're playing in Florida anyways, at least till July first. We may actually after July first actually have baseball back in Toronto. Nice. So uh for live events. I don't know if we're gonna have the mayor of Toronto said July first. They say that we're gonna be vaccinated by the end of August. So I don't know how we're gonna start having live events in January and July, but we'll see. But when when the Blue Jays suck and you go down to a Yankees game, it's about 70% Yankees fans, because a lot of people from like Rochester and Buffalo and all that all come down. It's about 10, 10% Blue Jays fans, right? To get to 80. And the other 20% are Red Sox fans just there to the Yankees. <laughs> hey, fair enough, man. You gotta you gotta respect the hustle, right? There's there's no greater rivalry uh in, in the world. Let's put it this way. I bought a I'm not a most people know who I cheer for. I'm not going to say it out loud, but most. But I bought a Dustin Pedroia jersey. My sister's a Red Sox fan. I bought a Dustin nice. Pedroia jersey just because I love Dustin Pedroia, and I love the All Reds. I don't wear it. I collect jerseys, baseball jerseys, all this kind of jerseys. I have tons of jerseys upstairs, and I love the All Red Boston jerseys or Red Sox jerseys. Yeah, and those are dope. So I figured if I was going to buy a Red Sox jersey, I might as well get a David Ortiz and a Dustin Pedroia. Now I have a, I have a, I have a big poppy all white. So I got the the all red Pedroia and I just happened. My sister just happened to be over when it came in the mail and she wouldn't let me keep it. And she took it home <laughs> <laughs> and it won't fit her. She's just like, this Jersey does not belong in your household. That's, so, that's fair. That's fair. All right. One hour and 12 minutes. Maybe we should bring up three comments and then we will end the day. All righty. We got the first one. I'm going to go to Ross here. It just came up. As a donation, best image, Veritex shoving his glove in Alex's face. I agree. That's a very popular one here and uh, in Boston area. Uh, I is I enjoy every time it gets played of Pedro pushing Don Zimmer down. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everybody knows, too, I have a Pedro Martinez. I showed it to Connor one day. I have a Pedro Martinez Hall of Fame like plaque. Uh, like uh, his plaque from the Hall of Fame, I have a replica of it here. I'm a big Pedro was a was an expo. Back yeah, he was. Yeah, I'm a big Pedro fan, even though he's a Red Sox, uh, known as a Red Sox. I'm a big Pedro fan. One of the best pitchers in the history of baseball. I think he's one of the most underrated pitchers in the history of baseball. 
I, yeah, he he was absolutely phenomenal. We got one here from uh, Mark Laurie. says, Ray, how's Fitzmagic going to look in a Pat's outfit? Connor, he's going to be the truth, kid. <laughs> I like well, that comment there. Uh, I, I, I don't know if heard, it's going to happen. I have heard that it's more likely Cam Newton over Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm a fan of Ryan Fitzpatrick, especially if you bring in like a Mac Jones. I think that Fitzpatrick is that perfect bridge quarterback. Plus, he's got to finish his tour of the AFC East. And if he's going to be legit, true. kid, or if he's going to be the truth, let's do it. Um, if they sign him, just so you know, we will make a T-shirt that says Fitz Magic is is uh, is the truth, kid. Hundred so. percent. All right, we got one here from Jermaine Brown. Going to make people go wild. Nikio couldn't catch it if Cam threw it at his hands. Yeah, I, I look. They were both bad last year. I'm not going to defend either of them. I'm not going to defend either of them. Uh, sometimes he threw it at his hands and he dropped it. Sometimes he threw it at his ankles and he couldn't try to catch it. It's they both were equally bad last year. Yes, Sarah. I don't have anything to add. No comment on that one. No, I mean I'm not kind of like over defending Nikhil, but I'm not over defending him. So it's not happening yet, guys. Sorry. All right. Fair enough. How do you defend a guy who consistently drops the ball or if he's not dropping the ball, he's getting hit in the ankle with the ball? Well, I'm, I don't know. I don't defend him now, so I don't know how you defend it. I don't. No, I'm not defending Nikhil. I'm defending Cam, but no, I'm I'm over defending Nikhil. I'm over defending both of them. I can't Touché. do it. I know. The only person I... I was over defending Sony Michelle, but I'm back on defo- defending Sony Michelle again. <laughs> but everybody else, no. All right, clear, Connor. Yes, sir. All right. Oh, should you you should bring up NFL talk? At least. Where's this comment that says Tom uh, Bill Belichick's awful? It's there. Here it is. <laughs> Can Bill the GM do anything right? <laughs> the rivalry between Connor and NFL talk is one of my. It's it's right up there with the Yankees Red Sox at this point. I think I, I'm I think excited has, to see if see what Bill does, so we can we can talk about it. I think he has beef with me because like I've seen him t- uh, post a lot, and he'll be like, "Hey Ray and Connor, Hey Ray and Connor, Hey Ray and Connor." Like he never includes my name, and I'm like, "What's your beef, bro? Why don't you ever want me to answer your question?" I you think must be on the Belichick train. It's no, I think it's be it's. I don't know how I got lumped. Into. Connor has beef with NFL talk, and the two of them, well, <laughs> beef. They were yeah. rivalry. Rivalry is better. We have than a little beef. rivalry going on rivalry here. Rivalry is better than beef. So I mm-hmm. think he's always just trying to catch our attention because is it usually finished? Is it usually hey Ray and Connor? Does it usually end with Ken Belichick do anything right or Belichick sucks or Belichick's yes. gonna miss? Like it's, it's always something <laughs> about Belichick and how he's not good at being a GM. <laughs> Every once in a while, NFL talk drops like a legit comment or question, and I'm I'm really kind of shocked by it. Yeah, but uh, but I but again again, I applaud the consistency. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like I love people who are consistent to the bit and this is his gimmick this is his bit this is what he does and he's he or she we don't know is committed to it and i applaud you for that mm-hmm. and, and uh I, they just said uh sarah my bad i'm always used to ray and connor <laughs> around no, before fine. you know mm-hmm. I, when when connor and i first started it was always ray 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 and it was they would never That's say true. connor now it took everybody forever to say ray and connor Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, 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 one of you is going to have to apologize mm-hmm. at 
next year. And I look That's forward. I, I just look forward to one of you guys eating eating crow. But very true. Uh, listen, it's on a t-shirt now, Connor. So don't change it. Stop trying to be funny about it. Just do it right. Tell me about those Red Sox. They're going to be legit, kid. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.